Welcome back to the Change Instruction Podcast, brought to you by Manager, the email management solution developed by Arabs to solve your email headaches overnight. It's Joseph here from Manager, and we're kicking off season two of the podcast by chatting to Lauren Graydon about the role of document controllers and the importance of good document management. It'd be great if you could share a bit about yourself to our audience, Lauren. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly, I've been looking forward to this day. This is a great opportunity and very exciting for me. Okay, so about me, I actually started out in drafting. I wanted to be a fancy architect and design big, beautiful homes for kind of like Frank Lloyd Wright that were nestled in nature. But then I quickly realized that a drafter and an architect aren't the same thing. So after that, I didn't really have a career plan or career goals after that, which just kind of, you know, led me on a journey of being placed into roles that people thought I would be good at. And one of those roles was a project coordinator. And that's kind of where my journey really took off. It was such a fun position and I really excelled at it. But during that time, because I had such a keen eye for detail and planning and problem solving, I was scouted by a larger energy company and they relocated me to Calgary. So that's where I currently live. And they put me in my very first document controller role. And oh my goodness, let me tell you, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And to make it worse, there was no formal training provided to me. There were some old procedures and training documents written many, many years before, but they were completely out of date and they didn't reflect the current systems or processes. So honestly, I just messed up a lot and which was so frustrating for me because I love working on a team. I love producing great results. I just take a lot of pride in my work. And I felt like I was letting people down constantly just due to the lack of resources to train me in that role. But fortunately, I'm a super persistent researcher. (laughs) Give me a task. Honestly, I will create a thesis on it. I I seriously have write-ups for every trip I've ever taken, every fad I've ever been interested. And I actually have a spreadsheet of every mountain I've climbed with like full metrics from my Garmin watch. (laughs) I'm a a bit of a data junkie. (laughs) Anyways, I started incessantly asking questions and reaching out to others in my industry kind of build my own best practices and training material for how to do my job properly. And I was so lucky to have so many managers over the years who really encouraged this behavior. And they just kind of allowed me to figure it out on my own and then implement new ideas and strategies as we went. And then today, I'm now considered a subject matter expert in my field. And I get to spend my time designing dynamic and robust document control systems for prominent engineering and energy companies in Alberta. So maybe I did become an architect, <laughs> a document control architect. <laughs> Definitely seems like it's been a long journey, but oh my almost, God, been, I imagine it's quite eventful. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been so much fun. Honestly, I've had so many different roles that weren't in document control, but I think really helped me in that position, like quality control coordinator. And then, because yeah. they all kind of tie together. So it's nice to have that full background. Yeah, I imagine like along the way, you must have learned so much from different roles and it's kind of led you to this point now. So for anyone who's unsure, how would you best describe the role of a document controller? Well, in my humble opinion, on one side of the spectrum, we're the support system for smooth business operations. And on the other side, we're creative genius. But the actual definition for document control um, would be basically a system that standardizes the 
review, modification, retrieval, storage of a control document. So we help you find what you're looking for exactly when you need it. And we just kind of create those workflows to make it smooth and effortless. So a bit like Siri for projects, <laughs> providing the questions and answers whenever you need them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you know, I came across your profile on LinkedIn because I first noticed you provided like training for document control. Do you think this is an issue was often overlooked then? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of why I started the Academy, LGC Academy. But just because of my background experience, you know, I've been doing this for about 15 years now. And most of these years were just a struggle. They were hard. And kind of what I touched on earlier, there was no formal training. You know, even if you do a global search, it's very hard to find training on document control specifically. And even if you do, it's not always relevant to your company or industry. So it's tough. So that's kind of why I want to, I've noticed the gap in the industry for training and I kind of want to just bridge that gap so I can hopefully help other document controllers kind of reach the same success goals in their career and kind of climb that ladder, if you will, just a lot faster and easier than I did. What sort of signs can people look out for then for good document control systems and bad document control systems along the way? Oh gosh, there's so many. So a bad document control system would be <laughs> probably your documents everywhere. Um, yeah. You don't have a central repository that, so if you're looking, so I'm in an engineering and construction environment. So if I need to go find drawings for the construction team, I should know where to go to look for that information. I should be able to be pointed to either a folder or an online repository and end up in a system that accurately describes, you know, the revision number, the state, and I can just rely on the information being uh, shown to me. And a lot of times that's just not the case. You know, you might find often you'll be asked, okay, well, I need this drawing. So you'll go search for it. in if you're in a structured folder system, if you don't have that online repository, uh, you'll go to the folders, you'll look for it and you may find it. You might do a search, you may find the drawing, but without a, a document control system in place, how can you really be certain that the document that you're looking at is the latest revision? And, you know, without a document controller or a workflow in place, you don't really know. And that can cause all kinds of issues. That's one sign of a poor document control system. <laughs> you usually know if you have a poor document control system based on how the rest of your stakeholders talk about it. it uh, document control can have a really bad rep in the industry. Since it's not, you know, a revenue producing activity, it's usually an afterthought. Once an incident has happened and, you know, they need to produce records immediately. And if it's not possible, that's when you start to hear about like, oh, well, okay, well, we need to start doing document control. We should be doing this. And then if you have an auditor come in place, he'll give you an outline of you need to meet these requirements. And then it's kind of your job over the next six months, a year to create it. So unfortunately, yeah, it's kind of a... A document control can be reactive versus proactive. But if you can spearhead it in the beginning and set it up at the beginning of a project or a startup company, you are just setting yourself up for success and, and smooth sailing. <laughs> so what steps can people do to start putting in a good document control system then? I think the number one step that companies can do is honestly just hire a devoted document control person and give them the tools to be successful in their role. So just set them up for success, help them, train them, provide them procedures, and also just let them know what their tasks are. 
I've uh, noticed that in my experience, especially when I come in as a consultant to train their staff, is you hear so many times that even if the document controller has been in that role for six months or a year or even longer, they'll tell you like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just do it. And then every day it kind of changes or every month. So just help them help you. And if you don't have a devoted document controller, I think that would just be step one. It also just allows you and your other stakeholders to focus on the tasks that they were hired to do. Everyone can do document control, but not everyone does it well. So yeah. it makes sense just to like split it up. Yeah, I imagine the document controller also provides that sense of like authority throughout the organization, just making sure everyone complies to so making sure that they're in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you have, you know, if you have five different project managers who are all trying to do their own document control, and if those project managers ever fill in for another while they're on vacation, well, if all five of them do it differently, then you just lack that consistency. You don't know where things are stored. You don't know how to find it again. So when yeah. you have that one person doing it, it's just consistency across the board and everyone just knows exactly where to go. They know exactly what to do and it's just easier. <laughs> One thing's for sure, we all know with poor document management, we can see issues such as disputes, risks, delays in projects, which end up just costing companies thousands, if not millions, um, depending on the size of the project. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'm sure uh, you've got like some the... crazy stories where you've seen companies are being more reactive rather than proactive. Honestly, most of my experience is reactive. Um, I don't know if I've ever had, actually, I'm on a current contract right now where I'm developing it from the ground up, but usually all of my contracts are reactive state, right? Like they've already been in business for a couple of years. Some have been in business for 15 years and now they want to bring document control in, but trying to bring document control in that late into the game, whew, yeah. like definitely possible, but it is, it's difficult because you have hundreds of thousands of documents that you're trying to control and organize and then create new standards and also break the habit of whatever the existing broken system was. Yeah. I but, guess that's a big thing. It's just changing the culture within the company. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like I do have a story. Um, a couple years ago, I worked for a company and yep. we're building a facility on site and we had an explosion. Uh, one of the vessels, it was not good, oh, well. <laughs> but basically we had our auditors come to site. And the first thing that they wanted to ask was, well, they need to see the, the, the QC records. They want to see all the different reports, the sign-off sheets, the specifications. And we had it, we know we had it, but this is before we put document control into place. It was actually just as we were starting to develop it. But anyways, the documentation they were looking for, the data book, the project manager knew he paid for it. He knew he received it, but he could not tell you where it was. Uh, and he was confident it was in a binder somewhere, probably in a trailer on site. And the guys looked for it, but we couldn't produce it in the timeframe that the auditors needed it. So what happened is we had to pay again for that book. And it was a massive data book. Uh, a couple thousand dollars. So you can imagine the executives weren't too happy about paying basically twice for a document that we already had. We just couldn't find it. I'm sure no one's happy about unnecessary costs being added to our projects as well. Uh, no. And that's like one of the biggest benefits, in, in my opinion, of document control is it isn't that revenue producing activity, but oh my goodness, it can save you so much money just in in rework, producing yeah. documents that you lost or you can't find, and also just man hours and labor costs. If you have a project manager, a document controller, an engineer, you name it. If you have three stakeholders spending a couple hours each looking for the same document, that's a lot of hourly wages spent that is just 
realistically wasted money when it could, it should just be an easy point and click and find the document. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It should just be a nice, simple process for everyone within the organization. Absolutely. Why do you think it's often overlooked then? Uh, Well, I think that (laughs) so much has happened. So document control, I think, does have a bad rep in the industry. Um, It's been around for a very long time. And I feel within the last couple of years, it's just starting to kind of recover that bad rep. Um, But it's often seen as cumbersome and rigid and tedious. And while I do understand that is true in some cases, it doesn't have to be. I've definitely seen my fair share of difficult document management systems that make my skin crawl because they just haven't evolved with technology or even implemented the lessons learned throughout a project. And they're just dead fast on holding on to the system that they created 10 years ago, which is exactly why deviations happen and people don't buy into it because it is hard. It, it doesn't make sense. And people question why we're doing it that way. So instead of evolving, if it's you know an older existing company, then people just start to do it their own way. And then, but there's been so many advances in technology, as you know, especially with your business, that document control can actually be so easy and beneficial if done right. Yeah, exactly. We find just keeping it simple and keeping the fundamentals, a lot more people end up using it. That's, yeah, that's such a good way to say it. And I think that's also where people struggle. As soon as you hear document control, people immediately think, oh, here we go. Here's 15 rules I have to follow and it has to be followed exactly yeah. or it's going to be rejected and it's going to be turned around. It's going to hold up timelines and schedules. And, and that does happen. That happens a lot, but I don't necessarily agree with that way of document control. There's definitely a spectrum. <laughs> I'm probably somewhere more in the middle of being super rigid, but if, if you don't work with your, I'm project-based. So if you don't work with your project team to make sure that timelines are being met and documents still easy and evolving to to help them, like you are a customer support role as a document controller. So your role isn't to make rules and, you know, lay the hammer down and say, thou shall, even though kind of thou shall, (laughs) (laughs) but it's still to be helpful and just change processes as needed if it's beneficial for the broader system. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. You've got to get everyone on board. Otherwise it's just going to be pointless at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my other tips. Like, if you do have the luxury of, you know, starting a brand new document control system, or even if you're just going to revamp the existing one, I find that sometimes, so one of the first things I do, that's what I do for my consulting. So when I get brought into a company to develop a new document control system, I think they just expect me to come in and, and lay down the groundwork and then just direct everyone. And sure, I could do that. I obviously have a lot of experience and I know the best practices, but each company is different. So it's really important to sit down with your stakeholders and ask them what's working, what's not working. You also are a subject matter expert in your role. How do you see document control benefiting you? How can we work together and collaborate so this is all nice and smooth? So it's really important to work as a team to come up with a document control plan versus just having one person say, this is how we do it. I think this will work best and let's just never talk about it again. <laughs> I can agree more. Like You can't go in there with the approach, one thing fits all. So definitely got to be a tailored approach to document controls, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. They they start to trust the process, right? Like when they when your stakeholders feel heard and they feel like they were be they were able to provide input into the system, yeah. then they're going to become your champion. They're going to want document control to work. So they'll help you and then they'll also let you know, you know, well, maybe this part's broken or I noticed that so and so is struggling in this area. Do they need help or does the system need to be evolved? So it's it's really nice when you get everybody on the same page. 
I love what you said there about getting champion users because I think yeah. um, you definitely got to get feedback or why is it just going to become a system that ends up getting broken as well. Absolutely. And then that just costs everybody time and frustration. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So do you have any top tips that you could recommend? Like maybe it'd be a piece of software, a process in place? So other than hiring a document controller, I guess I have a few others. The, the main thing I think that companies should look at is establishing a central repository for controlled documents. So first define what your controlled documents are. So the ones that you want version control and controlled revision tracking on, and you just want that overall workflow. So define what those ones are. And then once you do, figure out how you're going to save them and where you're going to save them. And they shouldn't be all over the place. It should be in a master source location. And if you're a smaller company, I know um, a lot of people still work out of a structured folder system. So just really put a lot of thought thoughtful thought into what that looks like. Don't just make a ton of folders with 15 subfolders per folder that you just get lost in. And once you drill down, there's nothing in there anyways. That's just, that's not going to be helpful to anybody. So define your central repository, figure out the overall structure. And if you can, I praise the new online document management systems that are out there. And there's so many different options. I know a lot of the companies I work with right now, they use SharePoint. It's not like a full service document management system, but it's really good for just an entry level one if you're new to it. But it allows you to get online and gives you dynamic viewing instead of, you know, if a folder system, you can only find documents one way. They have to fit into a certain category, which is the folder and subfolder. But when you move online and you assign metadata to documents, you can create views of how to look at that information differently so that depending on who your, your user is, if they want to see all the documents by document type or by facility or you name it, they can organize the documents that way without creating a new structure. So metadata is great. I love online systems, but either way, just come up with a repository where controlled documents are going. I can agree more of that. A big issue that we also see is where people have dealt with the issue of data being stuck in silos. The main important thing is for everyone in the team to have visibility of that information. Yes, definitely. And when you're in a folder system, you don't really have that visibility. Whoever created it, uh, I'm sure it works for them, that person, right? Because that's how they like to see information displayed to them. But a different role in user, they might want to see it a completely different way. And if they really struggle to find documents fast, then ultimately what they're going to start doing is once they find them, they're going to pull them out of those folders and create their own little secret folder set. (laughs) And then you've lost control of the document completely and you've just broken the system. Yeah, I don't think there's anything worse than tons of duplicate information out there as well. No, I find it so funny when, uh, obviously, with our current situation, we've been doing a lot of team meetings online, which also means you get to share screens with people. And I find it so funny when you share a screen and people are just mucking around on their computer and they, they show their desktop real quickly. And all you see is 900 icons. Oh, well. <laughs> and you're like, what is that? I can't. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I found it here in this library or this folder. And I just use it all the time. So I just copied it out. And you're like, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. <laughs> it's like having a cluttered house really, isn't it? They call it an organized mess. <laughs> oh, no. I, don't, I think even like an organized mess, it's still a mess at the end of the day, isn't it? Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, so... Have you got any final thoughts as well for the episode that you would like to give to our listeners? Uh, I actually do have two more um, tips, if you will, that could help just people save time. Oh, yeah, that'd be Um, perfect. One of them is create templates. Templates are so lovely for so many reasons, but once you define those control document types, then just if you can, create a template for each 
one. So whether that's procedures or forms or requests, anything that you are constantly using over and over again, or use as a baseline, try to create a template. And then again, save that in a central repository. And ultimately that saves your staff from recreating the wheel. In addition to promoting brand consistency, like so often you'll go in and you'll, you know, you'll go into a folder structure, you find a procedure for one thing and you find another procedure. And when you compare them, they're on completely different templates. They have completely different logos and branding colors. And it's just, it's just messy. (laughs) So if you can just create templates, save people from recreating the wheel and just promote brand consistency. And then my last tip would be create standard operating procedures that detail your expectations and your requirements. I know we all love writing lengthy emails when we come up with a new idea and it's like, okay, well, now we're going to save things here. We came up with a new numbering convention, or I want you to do this. And people send out emails. Well, some people get a hundred emails a day and that's going to get lost and they forget about it. But if you create a standard operating procedure, an SOP that says, this is the general way of doing things and our expectations and instructions and steps on how to perform it properly and where to save it, then people always have that look back guide that they can refer to, which will help them in their role. So then again, you have everybody on the same page and they're performing tasks consistently. I love the point that you highlighted for the first tip of the templates. I think it's so important not to try and recreate the wheel because a lot of people can just use the template and it will save so much time for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And like, if you don't have a lot of experience in say Microsoft Word, oh goodness, trying to create a table and then moving the table and like people I know will spend hours just working around tables in Word. So if you can just give them the tools to quickly create and document the information they need to in an existing template, right there, you just save so much cost in man hours. The thing is like, once it's done, it can be used like uh, how many other times you need it. Yeah, exactly. And then when updates need to happen, then you update that one template and people just know to go to wherever templates are are stored. And anytime they grab from it, they're always grabbing the latest version with, you know, new logos or coloring or whatever it looks like, even formatting. Okay. And is that something your company can do as well is provide templates for organizations to be able to get set up? Oh, yes. I am a template queen. (laughs) I I just love creating things. I love designing documents and structures to house information. It's probably my main thing, just kind of creating baselines, whether documents or structures, and then training their staff on how to implement it themselves and move forward with it. Yeah, because I imagine that's the hardest thing, really, for people to just know where to get started. Yeah, absolutely. And like, they have so many other critical tasks they need to focus on that it just makes sense to to hire a document controller to help them get it all set up for them with their input, obviously. And then when it's ready to roll, you do you do training, you do road shows if you need to, if it's a larger group. And then, yeah, then you just move forward. <laughs> oh, perfect. So I think a great way to sum this episode is not forgetting to standardize things and making sure you've got a document controller in place to be more proactive rather than reactive and getting stuck with a bunch of fines and reworks. Absolutely. We are not just paper pushers. <laughs> we are here to help. <laughs> perfect. So it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, Lauren. Thank you very much for joining us on the episode. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.